serving all of eastern Utah. This is News Talk, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. KOAL. Price. Right-footed kick is up, and it is good! The Rams are going to the Super Bowl! Rivers on a give. Gordon takes the left side and knifes in for the score! Welcome to Bolts and Horns, a pro football show with Jordan Buscarini and Vinny Rondinelli on the Drive Time Sports Podcast Network. Welcome to Bolts and Horns, pro football show here on the Drive Time Sports Podcast Network. Jordan Buscarini alongside Vinny Rondinelli. Always excited to talk football with you on a Tuesday afternoon. And Vinny, uh, we have plenty to talk about today to say the least. Oh yeah, great day. And it's always uh, there's always something. Always. There's always something. Because this time of year, you've, you've, you're in your second wave of free agency, getting close to the draft. Moves are being made. Gronk's retiring. You know, the Dolphins are the Dolphins Terrible. Right now. They're, right now they're, Worst roster in the NFL. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. And uh, well, for you being a Charger homer and myself being a Ram homer, there's plenty going on in the L.A. football scene as well. I'm telling you, man, Indomitian Sue's going to wear a Charger uniform. I see it coming. You know, I was looking at this roster to see how they get creative enough to pull it off. And it's not going to take much. Well, they don't have a lot of space, so he's going to have to be in the seven million dollar range, seven to eight million bucks. Yeah, that, but would you take seven to eight million? Here's the problem: because if he signs with the Rams, he's got to be in that six seven million dollar range, if I'm not mistaken. And you're looking at maybe a one year deal because you're going to have to pay Jared Goff at some point in time. Correct. You take a seven eight million dollar deal with the Chargers, and it's a multiple year deal. It's seven, eight million per season. It probably season. is a two-year deal. See? It probably is a two-year deal. I don't know if he gets that anywhere else. Uh, I, the options are limited now, and the price goes down every day. Yeah. And Dom Kinsu can hold out. His agent can talk all they want. Every day, the price is going down. Mm-hmm. And the closer they get to that draft, it's going to really go down. He's staying in L.A. He's going to be wearing a charger uniform. I'll tell you what. I'll uniform. take him in a charger I'll, uniform. I'll That's an would. area need for us. Um, they courted him before. Yes, they, they did. They have courted him before, and we have a need at D-Tackle. I would love that. They could do this deal at $7 million. The Chargers have the room to make this happen at $7 million. It's going to be a short-term deal, but this is something that could really put them over the top. I agree. Because the way he played in the playoffs, he was dominant. He was. He was. Now, as you mentioned, moves putting teams over the top. You also mentioned Rob Gronkowski retiring, and this is something that I want to start the show off with. we got a couple of topics I want to touch on. I want to talk about the Gronk. I want to talk about... Some comments made by John Gruden about crying for three days. <laughs> I believe get, him. I believe him. I do not believe him <laughs> one bit. All right, that is to that is a politically correct answer, and he wants Raider fans to believe <laughs> that it hurt him as much as it hurt them when he traded Khalil Mack, and it did not. We'll touch on that a little bit later. And I also want to talk about a rule proposal change as far as calls in the NFL. So we're going to get to those topics right now. Let's just dive right into it. And talk about Rob Gronkowski. Legacy talk is something that has to be had when a career is over. His career is now over. All time, where do you rank Rob Gronkowski as far as tight ends in the in NFL history? Well, and you said it earlier to, to steal from you. You said the greatest mismatch of all time. And I no think doubt. you And I think you nailed that. As far as just a, a tight end, you know, I, we've had this talk for me. Top five tight end, no doubt. He was a game changer. He was dominant in the playoffs. He played a full 16 games in the playoffs, which is a full season, a full NFL season, 12 touchdowns, 82, 80, 80, 81, 80, catches. 81 catches. That's incredible. His last one leads them to Super Bowl 53. Yeah. Now, as far as you know, some of these historical numbers, the game's designed for him to do this nowadays. It is. You know? It is. Um, so they get bloated. 
I'm just going to say that. So, you know, it wasn't that long ago Tony Gonzalez was playing or Gates was in his prime. But even then, the numbers weren't bloated like this. So I, I'm going to say, well, with you, one of the top mismatches of all time, if not the top, top five tight end I have no problem with. If I was going to pick tight ends, he would not be my number one. I would not say that's the greatest tight end I ever saw. You have an argument for a lot of people, you know, and I've argued with a lot of guys, and, and I've had the conversation about Gonzalez. I've had the conversation about Gates. I've had the conversation about – had a Bronco fan tell me Shannon Sharp. You brought up Ozzie Newsom today. There's a dynamite. In my mind, the guy that changed the game and did all this before everybody else was Winslow. And so I, any one of them. How do you how do you how do you disprove it? I guess is more harder, you know, the right thing to say, George. Rather than prove it to me, disprove, how do you disprove it? it. And I think I said this earlier. I could sit down, Ozzie Newsom. I'm not going to argue. Uh, you throw out Antonio Gates. I'm not going to argue. Tony Gonzalez. I'm not going to argue. The first thing you, I'm going to rebuttal when you say Rob Gronkowski's greatest tight end of all time. First thing that I can rebuttal that with is availability trumps ability. Absolutely. And this guy, his team won a Super Bowl without him. Yep. They went to four AFC Championship games without him. Yeah, I think they played four of them. He wasn't in the lineup. I believe four of them. Yeah. Okay, so is he important? Well, absolutely. Okay, I'm not discrediting this guy. He's a top 10, top 5 tight end of all time. I have no problem with that. But when you say someone's the greatest, try to not become a prisoner of the moment. Okay. Yeah. And really break things down. And I know kids have a hard time today. They just want to look at stats. And I, I, maybe it's the fantasy world that we live in today. And when I say fantasy world, I'm talking about fantasy sports, sports because yeah. everything is based Points, on stats. Yeah, yeah, everything. M- maybe that's it. The eye test accounts for so much. He's not the greatest tight end of all time, in my opinion. He's not. He's played with the greatest quarterback of all time, he's had the greatest coach, coach of all, all time. time. Okay, and they have found a way to use him against other teams. Jalen Ramsey tried to guard this guy in the AFC Championship just two years ago, one-on-one. What happened? It didn't work. It didn't work, right? The greatest mismatch of all time. Yeah. I bring up Jalen Ramsey because, for one, Jalen Ramsey's very good. He is good. Two, this is a guy that talked a big game, and it did not work yeah, out. Yeah, it didn't work out. I think it was Barry Church, if I remember right, that knocked him out of the game. Knocked him out cold. Okay. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Biggest mismatch, no question. Greatest at his position of all time? No, he's not. I've and seen he, better. Yeah, and his size was an advantage to him. He was a giant man. He was very impressive. And I, I and I, I don't have the exact measurements, but I'm going to bet, I'd be willing to bet a six-pack that, hey, he's 6'7", 270 pounds with those pads on. When he's, when he's geared up, when he's, got, he's in a full NFL uniform, I'd be willing to bet a six-pack. He's 6'7", and he's 270 pounds, Jordan. That's a huge advantage. John Gruden and Khalil Mack. And you'll see where I'm going when I say abstract here in just a few moments. So the NFL, it's so much different than any other sport because we're talking about a hard cap. Right. Which you and I have had shows on before. We've talked about what we like about it. It's a level field, though. It it is a level field. I still have problems with it. I believe it's the only sport that, again, it's the only major professional sport that penalizes you for drafting well. And for all the shortcomings that the Raiders have had, one thing that they did well, well, Khalil Mack fell into their lap. Yeah, he fell into their lap. But it worked, right? So John Gruden trades Khalil Mack, and he says that he cried, quote, cried for three days. (laughs) I'm saying, no, he didn't. This is something, I get that he maybe, maybe he was really feeling the intense pressure from Raider Nation. 
because nobody, no Raider fan, well, I shouldn't say no Raider fan. I know a few Raider fans that were like, I get it. I get it. I wouldn't pay him this kind of money. They were a non-playoff team with him. Yeah. Right? They were a great defensive team with him. They were 30th in the NFL with so, him. They move on. Gruden says today he, quote, uh, cried for three days following that blockbuster trade. I told you at the beginning of the show, I disagree with that. I don't believe he cried for three days because we're talking about first-round picks over the next two seasons, a 2020 third-rounder, a 2019 sixth-rounder. Oakland sends a 2020 second-round pick back, but Gruden knew that they freed up, what, $141 million when you take a look at the contract that he signs with the Bears. To me... No, he wasn't crying. Maybe he was looking forward to coaching a franchise player, and that's what Kalomac is. But if you expect me to believe that this guy was somber and walking around his house in his pajamas, just binge eating ice cream at night while he watched The Notebook, <laughs> no, no, the I, notebook. Do, I don't buy it. I buy it. I buy every I bit of it. I disagree with you, and I, I love having these conversations with you because we can. I think that he sat there, and I think it really affected him. And I think that part of his plan was Khalil Mack and the edge didn't work out. Best player on the team. When you come into a franchise and you lose your best player, I think it affected him. Now, maybe it wasn't open tears, or maybe he didn't watch the notebook in his PJs. <laughs> but I think there was a lot of st- st- coffee cups staring at the wall going, what just happened here? What just happened here? Now... My next question to you, Jordan, is you tell me how they win. How the Raiders win? How do they win from this? How do you win this trade? And how do you lose this trade? Okay, well, if you take a look at the draft and the way things are shaping up, the Raiders are in a perfect spot. I mean, they are in a perfect, perfect spot, right? I agree. They have so many options. And you and I were talking about who they may end up landing there's a chance they get Nick Bosa. There's a chance. There's a chance. If you get Bosa, I'm fine with it right off of the bat because you have replaced Edge Rush with someone that, me being a Ram homer, I don't want to see this guy in a 49er uniform. I don't oh. want to have to deal with him in the NFC West I don't want him in the NFC West. I don't want him with the don't want him in the Raiders. Nope. Right? You don't want to see him with the Raiders. And you know the Cardinals having the number one pick in the draft and flirting with the idea of not going edge rush and going with the likes of Kyler Murray, no disrespect to him, top two paid positions in the NFL are what? Quarterback and D and pass rush. And you have Nick Bosa sitting there? And yep. I, I mean, what are you thinking? So based on the fact that we know that the Cardinals are at least flirting with the idea of bringing in Kyler Murray, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the Raiders can win this, and they can win this very easily. Now, it's to be determined because, and I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Hall of Picks that they received, can you think off the top of your head a more relevant trade to compare this to than when the Rams traded the second pick to Washington? Washington took RG3. Three, yeah. Uh, it's comparable. Comparable, because yeah. Because you did get a big haul. You get to get a giant haul. And it takes a couple of years to it see will, if you it really... It will take a couple of years. It, but already, I think the Raiders have won. And I think there's a chance, and my, and I think they win, just like you said, if Josh Allen, Nick Bosa falls in their lap and they get pass rush production, even as a rookie, 7, 8, 10 sacks, they were the 30th ranked defense with Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. So if you have improved your team now, the Raiders have taken, taken some of this money. They're going to get the three first rounders, but also they've replaced Khalil Mack with LaMarcus Joyner, 
Tyrell Williams and Antonio Brown. Look, at least two. Of, at least two of those contracts are a direct result of not paying Cleo Mack. Exactly, at and that's least saying, two. They've won it already in my mind. Already. So if they get a pass rush at four, they've won this trade. I, I consider them winners in this trade. Now they lose this trade if they're the Raiders and they stay the Raiders. Now the Raiders have done a great job. Me and you talked about this. They're being relevant. We're talking yeah, about yeah, the Raiders. They're, they're the Raiders There's actually no doubt. matter There's nowadays. No doubt. There's no doubt, and they haven't for a very long time. But if they do something, you know, these reports that they're scouting quarterbacks, if they take Dwayne Haskins at four. Not going to happen. And, and that's a loss. I, it's if not, they do anything other than replace that pass rush or D lineman, as bad as that defense is, it's a loss. You brought in Mike Mayock for draft expertise. Yeah, and he has got to make this and, work. And, and so let me, let me throw this out there for you. But again, we're talking about all the assets that they have acquired. I think, I, I do believe Kyler Murray's going to go number one. I've been on that train for yeah, a long you, you, time. You've, you've, been, you've right. never backed off that I've, train. I've, I've said that for a long time. To assure that the Raiders win this trade, I'm coupling that number three pick, or the number four pick, excuse me, and another asset, and I am moving up to assure that I get Josh Allen or I get Nick Bosa. Because the, the Jets are interested in trading back. The Jets are interested in trading back. And see, the Jets have Leonard Williams. Right. So for them, Quinn and Williams isn't a fit, quite possibly, right? Mm-hmm. So they could steal Josh Allen right under your nose. They could. So if I'm Mayock, you're right. I got extra capital, and I say, hey, I want to move up one spot. What's it going to take? A three? A three? Maybe, maybe a four a two. this year and a four next year? Yeah. Anything. It's one spot. You're moving up because, again, I'm going to say Murray goes one, Bosa goes two, Allen to me. If the Jets are on the board at three, they got to take Allen. They have to take Allen, and so to assure that the Raiders get out and fr- get out in front of the trade that they have made, the Khalil Mack deal itself, and to get rid of John Gruden's three day tears that he claims he cried, make this trade right now, move up to number three, and that way you solidify Nick Bosa or Josh Allen. Doesn't matter what the Niners do, and you know what? Here's another point: if the Niners, because quarterback when Kyler Murray comes off the board at number one. What does that do for Dwayne Haskins' draft stock? It skyrockets, it's right? Skyrockets. It's, so somebody because, might want to uh, go because the Giants are at six. Exactly. So they may try to move up with San Francisco. And the point I bring this up is that if you make a deal with the Jets, you may you, you are guaranteed Bosa or Allen. But if you make that trade with the Jets, you may have your pick of the two. You may have to yes. And that's the ideal situation for the Raiders to be in. And if it's only going to take a three or a four in the future. To do this, and it may take a couple. Look, I'm all for it. It's a and, no-brainer. And the Jets would gladly move back one. They would. They would. They would. And and if you're Mayock, you got to think about it because if you come out of this with no pass rush, you're just you're in the same boat. Now I understand you got Lamarcus Joyner. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Is he a great player? No. no. You've he's seen a good him. Player. He's a good player. He's a good player. You don't have any presence on the edge at all. Arden Key is didn't even show it to be a good football player last year. Right? Could he improve? Maybe. You can't write a guy off off a rookie season, but last year, irrelevant. He was completely irrelevant. So you have nothing on the edge for the Raiders. So when you take away Khalil Mack and you get that capital and you don't replace that pass rush, they become losers again. They become the Raiders. Yep. So they, you're right. They have got to find a way to replace that. Because if you don't, say you end up with Quinn and Williams, and as a rookie, he does a good job as a defensive tackle. Okay, well, you still have no pass rush. Yeah, and, and to and be you, honest, you don't. I, I don't even think he's the first D tackle off of the board. I, I really don't. I, I think that Ed Oliver is probably going to be the first t- defensive tackle. Off I, the board. I disagree with you on that one, but I see it, your it, point. It's possible. I, yeah, I see your point. I do see your I would point. Take, I would take Williams, but I've seen grades high enough on Oliver that 
in the right scheme, it, I, he, he could fits. be dominant. But yeah. My point is, is you know, my brother's a big Raider fan, and we have this argument. If you trade Khalil Mack for the capital, but you don't replace Khalil Mack with your capital, you've you're lost. still the Raiders. You're, you're, yeah, you've you've lost. lost. You've lost. And you can't afford to do that because you're finally relevant again. So if the fourth pick comes up and you, end, you don't end up with an edge rusher such as Bosa or Allen, the entire NFL is going to go, oh, well, there's the Raiders. And, and I think – if you go to the final two picks that the Raiders have at the bottom half of the first round, if you don't move these, which it's possible that they trade at least one of these first round picks for future assets, it's possible. It's possible. It would not shock me one bit. Not one bit. Okay, but if they don't, you have options at the back half of the draft to really improve the defense all the way around. Correct, but you're not going to get an impact pass. No, 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 you yeah, won't. Because history has shown if you're going to get an impact pass rusher, it's very rarely outside the top 10. It's got to be in the top 10. So you have that right now. Then you can supply the complementary pieces exactly. with that cornerstone. And those guys are going to be available in the back half of the and first they round. are. And then you have your choice because you still, you look, they, they did add LaMarcus Joyner and Nevin Lawson. There's some things they did. Their linebackers still stink. Montez Burfick's a bum. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the linebackers stink. The edge rushers stink. They're not, they've got some good corners. Conley is going to be a good corner if mm-hmm. he stays healthy. Yep. So there's something there, but you've got to replace it. And you have your, like you said, at the end of the first round, you have the choice to take oh, there's, there's a tight some, end, yes. a running back, which you need. You need linebackers. So if you take the biggest need away, then that gives you more options, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and and a guy that I'm going to look at at the back half of the first round that's going to be there. Give me a, a give me a linebacker like a Devin Bush. Yeah, right? he's going to be there the back. He's going to be there. I'm just throwing that name out there. there. They do need help. They there. need help. So, there. but that piece only fits if you have that dominant pass rush, and if you move up one spot. Because you, I am convinced that Kyler Murray is going number one in this draft. You're guaranteed. You are guaranteed one. And that's how the Raiders win this draft. I, yeah, I agree win with the you. trade. It's a, I agree with and, you. And even the and that's draft. how they lose it. I agree. And that's how they lose it. Worst case scenario, if you're a Raider fan, here's the worst case scenario. Uh, Kyler Murray goes number one. Okay, now you're thinking, okay, all right. Bosa two. Bosa two. Allen, Allen three. three. And then you're stuck. In and no then you're stuck line. and you're probably... Now, at this point, you're moving back or you're taking a linebacker maybe? extremely high. Right. Right. Yeah, it would be Devin White. I, my, my guess would be they would take the top linebacker. Unless you go defensive tackle because you'd have a couple of options. You could go Oliver. You could go Williams. Trade up and just get rid of the situation. Yeah, all together. Because you are guaranteed now. one of them. Yeah. And once Kyler Murray comes off that board, and once word starts circulating that Kyler Murray is going to be the first off the board, we're going to know a couple of days before the draft. Yeah. We're going to know. Yeah. Okay. The draft stock of Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins goes through the roof. Because there's some teams right there that gotta have you. We know the Giants gotta have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. We know Jacksonville does. A four year deal for a four year deal for Foles. Come on, that ain't happening. Washington has to have a quarterback. Yeah, Denver, Denver has, to, has have to, have to have a quarterback. quarterback. Right. So there's four of them right there. With the, ha- and, and the one that needs it the worst is Miami. Yep. And so now you the... got five in the top fifteen that gotta have them. And tell me that Miami would not be with a new regime with a new he- everything. Tell me they would not be interested in moving up to number two because I believe they would. Oh, yeah. They have to. Right now, they get the worst roster in the NFL. Yeah. And you're not going to improve it by not taking, if you don't take chances. And you're a fool if you believe that Fitzpatrick oh, yeah, is the one. That's, that's I mean, ridiculous. Thank you. That is ridiculous if you think that guy's going to play more than one year as a bridge quarterback. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be fun. 
All right, let's move on from Mack. I want to talk about one more topic before we close things out. Vinny, the NFL owners meeting is underway in Phoenix right now. And rule proposals and rule changes, it's always a hot topic around this time of the year. It's we sticky. always talk about it. It is. It it's is. Sticky. And because we had a blown call in the NFC Championship game, you knew that there was going to be a cry from Sean Payton. You know what's funny? Before we get into this, let me just say this. Okay. <laughs> because I, you know, being a, being a Ram homer, this one hits home. Okay? Yeah, well, absolutely. And the Kansas City Chiefs were upset uh, that they didn't get to touch the ball in overtime. So they want to change the rule that both teams get to touch the ball. If the Chiefs get that ball first and Patty Mahomes leads a drive, they go down and score. Andy Reid's not crying foul. No, he's right? not. Okay. If the shoe's on the other foot and the Rams don't win this football game, uh, boy, Sean Payton's not talking about the missed face mask, in which would have given the Rams first and goal at the one, one on yard the previous line, yep. possession. He's not talking about these missed calls out on the field. And so I always take these with a grain of salt because it's, who got? Who was the last team to get pissed off? That's who wants to change the rules, yep. right, going into the next yes. season. And so instant replay for blown calls. That's a proposal. And again, we're going to talk about Nikhil Roby Coleman in the NFC Championship game. Likely cost New Orleans a spot in the, in the Super Bowl. And I say likely because there's no guarantee that Lutz kicks that field goal. There's no guarantee. And look, Sean Payton, don't throw the football over the middle of the field on first down and stop the clock and you win the game anyway, right? You, you so, win the game anyways. Yeah. So, again, so I, that was my argument for all the fans to tell me, well, they just got, they lost because the referee said, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sean Payton's upset because he blew that. Sean Payton needs to look in the mirror because there was a lot but of But he never calls. did that. He never did that. And we're talking about a guy that's been suspended for his conduct for a full NFL season. So yeah, don't give he needs to temper yeah. he needs Come to temper on. his expectations and his rhetoric on this because hand the ball off three times to Alvin Kamara, kick a field goal, and the Rams don't have any timeouts. And we figured this out. It would have been between forty and fifty seconds at most. At most, this game's probably over. Yeah, there's a good so chance. So he this. helped. He helped the Rams on first down quite a bit. And guess what? They got the ball first in overtime, Andy Reid. Yeah, and they, they didn't, didn't win, the, win the, game. the game. The game did not end on that call, too. It's just like the Tom Brady called the Raiders cry foul on. That didn't end the game. No, it did not. That tied the game. <laughs> yeah. So the game did not end in that no, call. No, it did not. So they went in overtime, and Drew Brees Had... threw a horrible interception. Yes, he did. And that's why they he lost. He made a terrible, terrible decision. decision. It, was a, it was a terrible decision. decision. Because... Even after he gets sacked initially, um, the Rams, they had the ball at midfield. Yep. Right? They're playing for a field goal. The way that defense had played, and I know the Rams had momentum. They had figured some things out. At the same time, Drew Brees just takes that sack. You run the ball with Kamara. You punt, and you put it back into your defense's hands once again. Right? Yes. So, to me, it was just, th- this, this cracks me up. But let's go over the proposals. Okay, the first proposal would make pass interference a reviewable penalty and also add it to the list of plays automatically reviewed on scores or turnovers. Yay or nay? Yay. No. Yay. If I'm, you're not, I'm, and I'm going to tell you why. And okay. here's my point. We see this, we've had this conversation. We see these penalties, 17 different angles within seconds of this play being done. Mm-hmm. And we can see if they've screwed this call up. We know if they've made a mistake instantly. There has to be a way to fix that. Now, the other proposal I have is the college rule. You shouldn't get 55 yards on a desperation bomb because they have a little contact. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. So if you're not going to review that, then make that a 10-yard penalty. No different than holding because a holding is going to stop a guy from getting a strip sack, a sack, and change the game, right? You hold because the sack is a game-changing play. 
That's not a point of the foul. That's not, it's just 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. Right. So why is it different on the, that's the problem I have with the PI, Jordan, is it's third and seven. Well, I'm just going to throw the ball up. I'll throw it 50 yards. If they intercept it, it's a punt. If we get somebody to trip and the ref blows his call, then guess what? I just got 50 yards. Mm -hmm. And they need to change that. So if you're not going to review it, change the penalty language. Okay. I agree with I agree with the second part of what you just said, because to me, you this cannot be reviewable. It, it cannot be reviewable. And the reason it cannot be reviewable, first off, if you say, well, it's costing teams a chance at a Super Bowl. You're an idiot if you think the only reason the Saints did not play for the Super Bowl was because of that missed pass interference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that, not, that's, not, that's true. not true. Yeah, it's not true. Vinny, you have watched football your entire life. How many games can you go back and say this game was decided because of this missed call? How many times... Out of all the football that you have watched in your, your entire life, how many times can you honestly say that? I can think of just a handful, maybe. And you have watched a lot well, I've watched of a lot of football games, and most of them, even when the refs blow the call, there's 70 offensive plays in a game. Exactly. You should have made one of the other 70. Now, this proposal takes human element out of it, takes human error out of it, Okay. And so at what point in time do you just well, get rid of the officials altogether? Well, because if and, everything uh, is reviewable, Benny, and let's be real, offensive pass interference, defensive pass interference, in a sense, it is a, it's a decisional penalty. It's a judge, judgment it's call. It's a judgment call. You're correct. It's not factual like delay of game, well, which, let's be real, the officials miss two delay of games in the Rams Saints NFC Championship oh, game, yeah. and boom, it's right there. Oh, that yeah. clock is at zero. It's a delay of game. Yeah. Offsides. If you're lined up over the, you know, in the neutral zone over the ball, it's offside. It's offside. It's, it's right there. It's right there. Right. This is a judgment call. That's why I don't think you can make it reviewable. And I don't think all plays should be reviewable. I agree with you on that, Jordan. However, I like the idea of a coach being able to review three plays and a half. It doesn't matter what they are. Doesn't matter what he thinks. If he sees an error, he should be able to have that fixed. Twelve men on the field, a holding on a touchdown. Different things. You know, if you're a Steelers fan, Travis or uh, Sam Tevy's offsides by full yard, and we throw a touchdown to Travis Benjamin, it changed the game. He was offsides. Cleveland, it didn't change the game, but the Chargers were offsides by a full step. We scored on that drive and blew them out. That didn't change the game, but those were blatant, obvious touchdowns that were missed calls. Yeah. Now, twice a half, should the coach be able to throw that out there and go, you blew it? You need to fix it because 26 million people just watched this game and saw that you blew that call. Okay, then get rid of the booth reviewing things inside two minutes. I, I agree with you on that, too. I agree with get, you on Get that. rid of the two-minute rule. You have them throughout the entire half. Yes. You have them throughout the entire yeah, yeah. half. And you, you give them three flags, and you say, here, I don't care if it's a fumble, whatever it is. I don't care about the rules. I don't care about anything being reviewable. There's three flags, and Bill Belichick at any time can say, you screwed that up. He wasn't down. That's a fumble. Throw the flag. And when you're out of challenges, you're out of challenges. <sighs> well, because you have the ability now, Jordan, we see these in 17 different angles where they blew those, they blew those yeah, calls. They did. they did. So why not make it right? Find a way in the middle ground to make it right. Don't get rid of the officials because that's a tough job. They're not, they're well, not going to get them all right. One that's of the impossible. Toughest jobs in the world. We yeah. don't realize how fast these guys are oh, moving. Oh, no, it's impossible to yes. get them all right. Yes. But when we can all see that they've made a mistake... You can't hide from that and say, well, you know, sorry. There's got to be a way to fix that. So I think you either change the language of the penalties, you let them review a couple plays a game, something like that, because it could change the entire game. Let me give you something that's a little bit more sensible as far as rule proposal changes, because 
The competition committee, it's the main source, but teams, they can submit their own proposals. They can submit their own proposals, okay. yeah. So four teams, Panthers, Rams, Eagles, and Seahawks, want to make safety-related penalties reviewable whether they were called or not. That, that's logical, right? Safety-related penalties in today's game. Because you and I were talking about making, you know, the XFL is going to be more violent than right. the NFL. Okay, the NFL, yes, we err on the side of safety. Correct. Okay. They're too safe. Almost too safe. I agree. Yeah. Safety-related penalties? I'm fine with those being Absolutely. Reviewable. I'm fine with those being Absolutely. Reviewable. You should be able to review the fact when they call a helmet-to-helmet and a 15-yard penalty and change the game, you should be able to review that and say, hey, he did not lead with his head. He did not leave his feet and lead with his head. That shouldn't have been a penalty. And why not fix those? And I'm not for everything, I'm, you know, but... Like you said, these are 15-yard penalties, Jordan. That's a huge play in the football game. What is third and nine? Yeah. And they get three yards, and then you get a, oh, he led with his helmet, and it's a blown call. Well, you just give him 15 yards and a first down. Just like the P.I. You know, hey, hey, dude, it's... This is the thing, though, that I think we have to be careful with as well. I mentioned that typically the teams that want to change the major rules are the teams that lost any, that lost an important game. Right. Okay. At what point in time do we draw the line here? Because Andy Reid being upset that the Chiefs didn't get to touch the ball in that game, it's malarkey. It's stupid. Well, they changed the rule because Peyton Manning threw a fit. Well, they That's did. the rule that they changed the rule because Peyton Manning threw a fit. They did, but at the same time, where do we draw the line, okay? So now, Kansas City Chiefs lost. They don't like the idea that they didn't get the ball in overtime. Okay, well, guess what? Drew Brees did get the ball in overtime. We're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation, and he threw a pick. He threw a pick. He had an opportunity. So for us to say that it's not fair, no, it is fair. Because in the other game, we saw the team get the ball first, right. and they right. didn't win. And it is a thin line. You're exactly right. But game-changing plays, there's got to be a way to fix a horrible error. And I don't know how you find it. I don't know if you change the language of the rule, or you maybe just give them a couple plays where they can review. Kansas City, on one of their touchdowns, they scored. That guy was so far downfield. That was an absolute joke. That he's on, he, uh, it was going in the fourth quarter and they scored. There is no way that should have been a touchdown. And they scored, got right back in the football game yeah. on a blown call. Mm-hmm. If you were to view that, you'd say that's a penalty, march him back, and the game changes. So I don't know how you do that, but I think there's got to be a way now that when we can see that they've made a horrible mistake and picture perfect HD, 17 different angles, and there's 30 million people watching them screw it up, how do you fix that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, you just allow... I, you've changed the language of the rule or something, but... Here, here's a, Maybe you can't, right? Maybe maybe we're sitting where we're sitting at right now for a reason, because you can't. And that might be it, too. <laughs> you, you might be dead <laughs> and, on right. And I get that Saints fans, oh, they're so upset. This was just a monstrosity. The Rams didn't deserve to be there. And Chiefs fans, oh, this is terrible. This rule benefits Tom Brady. We didn't win the coin flip. We never got a chance. Patty Mahomes is revolutionizing the game. And this kid didn't get an opportunity in overtime. I don't care. I, I, look, you. Yeah, I, right. I, I don't care. Yeah, the Saints. I get it. You you felt like you were. You know, this is a blown call that kept you out of the Super Bowl. No, it was blown play calling by your head coach, Chiefs. You feel that you were robbed because you didn't get a chance to touch the ball and overtime. Line up on sides. Here, don't what, line up off sides. Don't line up off sides and stop, stop Tom Brady. Brady. Stop yeah. him on third down. Get him off the field yeah, on get third him off down. The field. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Okay, so in this day and age, it's like when I play my nephew in Madden. Look, I show no mercy. I'll kick it onside every time because I know we can't stop it. 
I know he can't stop it. And he may get mad at me. That's the name of the game, right? You're if supposed to win. You're supposed to win the game. You're supposed to win, yes. You, and we're not trying, you don't make things easier to benefit someone because they lost. Win the game. Yeah, you're correct. Win the game. And, and I you can agree say with you what to you a certain will degree. About the, Vinny, you can say whatever you want about the Patriots. I know that they're not well liked. And look, they have stung me and my Rams twice in the Super Bowl. And in both times, I felt the Rams were the better team. Yeah. Okay? And I don't care about, you know, Spygate. Win the game. Win the game. Win and the game. You're exactly Mike Martz, right. Utilize Marshall Falk correctly, and you win that game. But, okay? You know, Belichick was one of the ones that brought up a proposal being, and in my mind, he's the greatest coach that's ever walked the planet. I agree. Uh, at anything. And he said, you know, that we should just get rid of this to where I can just challenge three plays a half. That was his proposal. Well, look, one thing, you mentioned the college rule. One thing that the NFL has on college, college football replay is ridiculous. I hate it. Because every play is reviewable. Every single play. And what I mean by that is there's no limit. You got a timeout, you can challenge a play. The booth is going to review plays constantly. I hate it. I hate it. Your idea of giving the, the you know giving three flags, I'm fine with two, and it, you know I'm fine with keeping it two, and keeping the rule where okay, you throw two flags. If you win both challenges, you get another one. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm fine with that because Make there's still t- some strategy into that there for the is, coaches. There is. So you're not going to say you know it's third and six, and they in the second quarter, and you're up ten points, and the guy gets five and a half. You're going to challenge that spot. No, you're going to be okay with half a yard. It's fine. Now, Sean Payton. For an example, he'll probably challenge that next time. And the NFL's going to go, yeah, we blew that call. Or, you know, the Chargers, both their touchdowns they had this year, what they were completely offsides, offensive offsides, a false start. Completely. The other coach is going to go, hey, they scored on that. That's seven points. He'll throw the flag. Now, if he only has two, it's only going to be for major game-changing plays that people are going to notice and complain about. A roughing the pass from the first quarter, that's judgment call. Your coach isn't going to throw the flag. No. So if you give them the option, there's still the strategy in it and brings the coaching and human element back into it instead of giving everything to the booth because then it's out of the coach's hands. They don't want that either. I don't want that. I don't want that taken away from the sideline. But if you give them the two and you get an extra if you get them right, then the coach still has to make a decision. Is this a major, major factor in this football game? Then he throws the flag. And you still have that human element that the booth don't get to just need, take over. Which we need. Which you need. So in my mind, I think Belichick's right on this. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 that, and, and so you take away the full review everything, stop the game, make it longer, all that other garbage that people hate about replay, I hate. You take some of that out, and then, but you have the ability to say, 30 million people just saw you make a total mistake here, and I can fix it. And he gets to throw the flag. And then everybody goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we sorry. We screwed that up. You fix it. You move on. So I like that idea. And you, it just limits some of it, too. Yeah, it does. It just limits it. Does. it. And so I still like the human element being involved in it. I still think they need two more refs on the field. I think the NFL should add two more refs to every game. I'm fine with that, too. That would help because they don't get to see everything as fast as this game is moving. So those are things I, I agree with, like on Belichick when he said that. Hey, I, I should have three flags. There's three plays. I should be able to do that. Yeah. That would be okay with me. Changing the rule on some of these would be okay with me. I hate the spot foul. I hate the automatic no, first I, down on I, illegal contact. I think that is an absolute joke. Yeah. That I, one. I, that's yeah. the, to be honest with you, Jordan, if we want to get into the rules or anything else and completely, that's the one that 
just blows my mind. Okay, so this is perfect because we're out of time today. But once we get past the draft, we are going to do an entire show on rule changes or rules in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to do we an, have time for that. We, we, we will do an entire yes. show on that because I, I think that would be very entertaining because, like you, I got some gripes of my own. Like, how in the world <laughs> can a 10-yard offensive holding penalty be annulled because of a neutral zone infraction on the defense? A five-yard penalty. How can a five-yard penalty offset a 10-yard penalty? penalty? Yes. How can a five-yard penalty offset a 15-yard penalty? penalty? Yeah. How in the world is like who who could not count when they came up with this rule? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because penalties, five yard penalty is a five yard penalty for a reason. A fifteen yard penalty is a fifteen yard penalty yeah. for a reason. It's three times more egregious. Yes, thank you. That's the next. Yeah, that's one of the shows coming up. I promise. Always fun to be along with you here on Bolts and Horns, a pro football show where we talk all things NFL with an LA twist. He's Vinny Rondinelli. I'm Jordan Buscarini. Do not forget to like our podcast and subscribe as well. We're back every Tuesday talking NFL football. Be safe. We are out.